This is the AMA Los Angeles podcast. Welcome to the AMA Los Angeles podcast. I'm Joel Metzger. We are in the offices of B Corps, which is a leading experiential marketing company with offices in New York and Los Angeles. And I'm here with CEO of B Corps, Mark Billick. Welcome, Mark. Thank you, Joel. Experiential is a different animal than other kinds of marketing, and it has its various strengths. But what do you think is the fundamental power of experiential? Well, I think human connections and engagement are really what is transcending marketing to this day. Um, And the way we purchase and why we purchase has changed in such a big way. We're so dependent on our peers and how we feel and how something smells or tastes and all the senses are involved um, that that's a really, really powerful uh, opportunity to engage and create experiences that will then drive to purchase intent. So that's what experiential marketing really is. So I've noticed it seems that some of these activations are so engaging because they're a really unusual thing that kind of appears out of nowhere in a normal space. So it's kind of a jolt when you come across it. What's the importance of surprise in these activations? Well, people have been saying surprise and delight for a very, very long time. And, and those moments are important. Um, if done in an effective way, they can be very successful. So you've got to have a lot more than just surprising somebody at that moment. So um, using unique locations um, and connecting with consumers is really, really important. And it also shows that your brand is innovating. So that's what I think you get out of a surprise and delight moment. But also, I think being innovative is important, and that creates brand affinity. So that's the critical thing. And if it pops up in a place that's unexpected, more power to you, but you better have a good message to really, truly connect. People love to take selfies in front of these things. Uh, How do you capitalize on that? How do you get the most bang for the buck for every picture that's being snapped? Do you have a a capture mechanism, or, or what goes on? I'm not a fan of the selfie stick. I have to state that right yeah, now. Me neither. <laughs> My mother-in-law bought me one. I've never used it. Uh, but selfies and photos are a big part of experiential marketing. Data is collected from that. So we're capturing information from people. We can have a continued conversation with them. It's not only just the photo itself, but you want to connect with this core audience. So how do you do that? Well, you give a reason for people to share something, right? So that is maybe that photo image or photo booth, things like that. And then it also engages uh, them into a social currency per se. Uh, We do a lot of social drivers. So if you share this and you get likes, you may receive a gift. Or if you share this, you're also promoting your own brand that you really think that is hot and happening that you want people to buy. So that is a big, big part of the success of what photos do to this day. It opts people in, and then it gives a a reason for you to continue to have a piece of communication with that person. So it's an ongoing communication tool, but it starts out as just a simple photo, and then you get a bunch of data and information from that person that's important. I know you're a proponent of authenticity and all the work. What's an example when that really paid off? Well, there are a lot of examples. I'll take Nike, who hired us to help launch Go Skate Day in its first year. They were the title sponsor of Go Skate Day. And we created a skate park on top of a barge. And that park, which was in New York, uh, was quite unique in in a couple different ways. We hired Steve Rodriguez, who runs Five Boroughs Skate Shop. And he's been one of the most big proponents of skating in New York City for, I don't even know, 30, 40 years. And so part of that is that, you know, having somebody like that brings credibility 
we also used several spots from around New York City that weren't able to, you're not able to skate on them anymore, like Brooklyn Banks and Tribeca Square. All those are kind of done, and they've put those little pegs on the concrete so you can't really skate. So all those six iconic spots we recreated on this barge. And we created an app for people, for anybody to sign up. It was absolutely free for people to get onto the barge. You just had to go through the app. And so that was truly connecting to the core audience, the skate audience in New York City. And they gravitated towards the barge. They signed up. We, spot, we stopped in three different locations. We had pro demos. That was an example of a really, really thought out, successful campaign around a big beat moment that worked. An example of another product that came out, we had a, a product called Purple that came to us, and it was a few folks from Red Bull that had finished their career at Red Bull and gone on to launch this new brand. And they took some of the same principles that they used at Red Bull, connecting to the athletes, niche sports, uh, really kind of embracing marketing on a different plane that anybody had embraced it before. Obviously, Red Bull was a great example of, of uh, a huge marketing success. But this product, you know, was terrible. It didn't taste good. It didn't have distribution. Uh, they were really did not create trust. And so for that, the product failed. And, you know, just aligning with athletes and being showing up at an event doesn't mean that you're guaranteed success. I've heard you say it's vital to maintain a curious mind. What's the importance of that when you're doing this kind of creative work? Well, nowadays, uh, people are really creative. And so you've got to think outside the box. You've got to be a little more risky. Uh, you've, you have to find new and interesting ways. So by having a curious mind, we're allowing ourselves to think of the impossible, the never been done before. Uh, and those are ways that you're really going to engage people. So I think, you know, to incite consumers now, you have to be original. Uh, you really have to... Um, understand the brand and then uh, understand the consumer and that was that's what will really separate yourselves from other people and and ensure that uh, you've got a, a product that's going to get traction obviously one power of experiential is this interaction with the audience how do you keep it from having too much interaction like it gets too complicated to actually pull up well, it's funny you say that the use of technology at an event is really important, but over uh, use of technology is a waste, right? So um, what we do is we, we strive to understand the consumer and understand the brands first. Uh, and I think that's really critical. So we have several different tools, CubeU and Stylist. Uh, we get a bunch of brand information from our clients, brand guidelines and uh, brand principles and things like that. And so those, that data collection is really critical in understanding how you might develop a campaign that's going to be successful. Then you have to also understand the audience, right? And so uh, you have to know what they like to listen to, what they eat, where they play, what social channels they're on. So those kind of critical touch points are important in mastering uh, an interaction with a consumer that's going to be successful. And, and that touch point can be offline and online. It doesn't just have to be physically at an event. Um, and the, I think right now, consumers really do care how people, brands are interacting with them. And so with that, uh, it's, it's, it's critical to um, engage in an authentic way and not over-engage. How do you evolve the conversation between brands and their customers, like keeping up with changes in the company or changes in the culture, the larger culture? 
Well, having a long-term relationship with consumers is critical. And how do you do that? And why do you do that? Well, you do it through social channels, through opt-in messaging, things like that. When people go to an event, at our events, and they've engaged and they've opt-in, they're saying, I want a relationship with this brand. Don't bombard me with a bunch of BS and don't hit me every day with stuff. But at certain points, if you're going to hit me with an offer, a discount or a, an event you're doing or something that's happening on their social channel, it becomes helpful and it's useful for those consumers. So that's why they want to have a long-term relationship. It can't just be just a bunch of BS information. So that is critical to understand. And you know, to do that, you have to have constant R&D. Um, with your clients so they understand who they are and their industry, which is critical, and then staying ahead of the trends. So you've got to know what's coming. So when Snapchat came out, you know, no, obviously in the beginning, no one was using it. Now everybody's using it, you know, NFL's using it. I mean, there's so many ways that you can use the social channels and you have to be crafty with it. So I think that that uh, has been really important. And then we have a young staff here at PCOR. And I think having people um, immersed in their own social channels helps us uh, find ideas that are going to work for millennials and Gen Z and Gen Y uh, with our clients and, and the different campaigns that we're launching. So it does allow us to have a continued relationship and conversation um, with the consumers um, from the brand's perspective. I want to know what are some ideas of things that you tried to do that were just too crazy or risky or big to do? We've got lots of ideas, uh, lots of things that we've wanted to do. I'd say two of the most challenging programs, uh, well, one of the most challenging programs was the paper airplane project that we did for Pima Air and Space Museum is to really talk about air travel and space and, and, and people are not enamored with it as they were, as they were in the past. But, uh, so we did the great paper airplane uh, project and I wanted to do a second one where I wanted to challenge MIT to, against uh, Cal Poly to come up with whoever could build the world's largest, even bigger than what we built, which was a 45 footer, uh, and see what kind of principles they would bring into play and how far that might fly. So that's something that I've been pitching ever since we did the first one. And we won a gold and silver lion at Cannes for this documentary we created off this one, off this program. And I'd say the second one is we were asked by a client to uh, develop a program that can deal with satellites in space that allows you to look up at night and see med messages from satellites. So I, I felt like that would be brilliant and it would be un, an unbelievable PR stunt that people would talk about worldwide. And so it hasn't happened yet, but it takes about three to five years in development to actually put satellites into space. It's not a very uh, cost effective, it's not cheap, uh, but it can be incredibly impactful and it could be a program that the world would see, first of all. So that, that's, those are two that I'd love to do. What's the craziest project you have done? Red Bull Stratus, uh, jumping Felix, Felix from outer space, 135,000 feet above uh, Earth, and uh, a podcast that was watched by uh, 9 million people. Um, and so it was, uh, it was an incredible project to be part of. We were on the ground for over seven years in Roswell, New Mexico. And um, so I'd say that. And then, and then the, uh, the paper airplane was, was quite a fun project. And the skate barge, which, you know, was unique and no one had ever seen some of those programs. So that, that, 
it, those are ones that we love hanging our hat on, the ones that no one ever has done before or even could conceive. Let's look at the future. What are some things on the horizon, uh, new tech, new areas that you think will help make experiential marketing even more impactful? Well, mobile, social, and digital tech are going to continue to shrink the gap between brands and consumers. So that's happening. We all see it around us. Uh, where are we going in the future with those? Purchasing. Uh, we're getting quicker between, we're shrinking the gap between uh, a marketing campaign and the purchasing of that product. How are we doing that? Well, doing it through interactive billboards. You're doing it through your mobile devices. You're doing it on site through TVs. I mean, look around, you know, commercial recently where a girl walks by with a dress and she takes a photo of it. And all of a sudden, you can purchase that on, uh, I forget which company was doing it, but some fashion site. And so that's instant. And so that is where the industry is moving towards. It's great to market and it's great to connect with people and have long-term relationships. And that ensures that your brand has life and will have legs for a long time to come. But you also, when it comes down to it, we're in the sales game, right? We're selling product when, it all, when it's all said and done. So we have to drive people to that intent to purchase. And so to do that, we've got to use all the senses nowadays. We really have to focus on sight and hearing and smell and touch. And that's how you're really engaging people on another level. Um, humor, human interaction and creating experiences is guaranteed going to increase over the years to come. And by using what I'd say is these big beat moments. Uh, as you see, you go to Coachella or go to Comic-Con or go to CES. All these big beat moments are starting to elevate their experiences. The brands that come there, the consumers are expecting it. It's becoming uh, important those moments, concerts or art shows or other means of entertainment uh, are going to really drive this industry into the next millennium. And, um, and it's really where experiential is going. And uh, it's, it's exciting to be here, part of this industry for almost 20 years now. And I'm really proud of our team and the experiences that we get to create. It really shows that when you do uh, create compelling experiences, people gravitate towards them and they um, are loyal to the brands that are bringing them opportunities that are exciting and uh, interesting. It's been really great talking about all this stuff. Where can people find out more about Bcor? Well, you can always email me, mark at bcor.com. Uh, my cell phone's always on, that's for sure. You can swing by our downtown office in downtown LA. Uh, we've got a great creative shop here, so we welcome you, just like Joel's here today, as well as uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we're on all the social channels promoting what we're doing. Uh, but a, uh, a tour of the shop is, is welcome to anybody who hears this podcast and wants to come see B Core at its core. Well, I want to get that tour. Uh, Mark Billick, CEO of B Core, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, Joe. You've been listening to the AMA Los Angeles podcast. For more information on the American Marketing Association's Los Angeles chapter and to find out about upcoming events, Follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. This podcast was produced by Joel Metzger and Icebox Logic.